I know this is a tough subject to talk about, okay? Believe it or not, I was your age about 10 years ago. <laughs> Lies. What is it, the beard? Does that give it away? Beard and bald? Is that one? I was your age just about 10 years ago. And I wrestled through the same things of submitting to my parents. And I'll, I'll confess to you, more often than not, I did not do it well. And what I want to talk about today is all that God has for you when it comes to growing up. When it comes to thinking about your parents' authority in your life. And if you'll look at Ephesians 6 with me, you'll see a few things are here that it's not just go and do this. It's not just, just submit, although there's some of that tone to it. There's also, there's a promise with this. There's a there's, a, there's a, uh, a, a joyful blessing that comes to those who rightfully submit to their parents. Now, I don't care if you have this memorized or not. My kids have this memorized. I don't care whether you have it memorized or not. Please, if you can keep your mind engaged tonight, I really think you can leave here encouraged, challenged, but also more ready to do something about it. So can I, can I get you to acknowledge and help me? Can you guys stay with me tonight? Don't check out. I don't know how to make you not check out. <laughs> but I love you guys, and I want you to see this in God's word today. And I, uh, I wanted to deal with this because there's really nothing else in life that we deal more regularly with than the authority of our parents in our life. Okay? All right. So let's do this. I'm going to read our text for tonight, and then we're going to kind of set it up. I'm going to give you some context to what's going on uh, around when this letter was written, so that when we get to some points, we know what's happening. All right? So Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, reads like this. It reads, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. That it may go, I'm going to just read that part again. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Let me pray for for God's help. God, I I love you and I I recognize that I, I stand before our students and I stand before you as a broken vessel. As somebody who never did this well. I'm sure I had my moments, but God, I I ask that you would help us tonight to see how the gospel actually changes how we relate to our parents. Not so just that our life is more peaceable, but God, because ultimately it brings you glory when we live like this. So God, help me tonight. Help our students to hear and to think deeply about your word. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so here's what I want to do. It's not flashy. It's not crazy. I want to give you three. There are really three choices you get to make when it comes to this text and when it comes to thinking about submission to our parents. And we're just going to work through the text tonight. Uh, So here's what it is. The first choice you have is this. Will you... 
Will you pursue the blessing of God? Will you pursue the blessing of God? We're kind of going to work backwards through this text. So let me set the stage here before we get into this first question or this first choice. So the book of Ephesians, most of you probably know, but I want to make sure we talk about this because maybe not everybody was raised in church. The book of Ephesians was originally written as a letter, okay? So it was a a letter written to a specific church, the church in Ephesus, okay? And so when these letters were penned by by Paul, specifically, let's talk about Paul because he wrote this. Uh, When these letters were penned, they were sent to the church and then they were read to the church, okay? Because there are a lot of people in that time frame that did not know how to read. They couldn't just pick it up and read for themselves. And so much of uh, even the written word was proclaimed from the pulpit for them. And so you can, you can kind of picture, put yourself in the text. You're one of the kids that's a part of uh, the, the, the church in Ephesus. You're sitting with your family, uh, hearing this letter that you guys are almost all excited to hear because this is, this is Paul, uh, this great giant of your faith that, that has uh, been saved by God from persecution, from killing Christians. And he's writing this letter to, to this church because he loves the church of Ephesus, and he wants to see good things happen for the church. So imagine you're the kid sitting in, I don't know where they're meeting. It could be in a big plaza of a, of a big house. It could be in a, a small house. Uh, I don't know that I, I know exactly where this was uh, being read at the time. And so Ephesians uh, 4 talks about the unity of the, of the church. So Paul is, is writing to this local church and trying to stir up unity, trying to help them to see that we're on the same team. Uh, number f- uh, Chapter 5 then goes on to talk about the family and husbands and wives and how they're t- to relate to one another, to be a, an example of the gospel. And then it gets to chapter 6. Or what we see as chapter 6, it wouldn't have been written in chapters. And then you hear this word where it says, children... So if you're a kid, if you're even in high school, you're all in high school, if you're sitting down, uh, my guess is many of you are just, just listening, you're just thinking, and then he says children, and you do this. That's what would happen. You, it's like your name is called. Children, obey your parents. You would have known this is a direct command coming from Paul, but you would have also acknowledged it as a direct command coming from God. It would have carried weight for you. Your head would have yanked up because you knew, oh, this is for me. Because they just got talk, done talking about marriage and, uh, and how the husband should act and how the wife could act. And you're probably sitting in there like, ah, whatever. Okay, Paul. But he says, children. Your head snaps up. And you know, uh-oh, <laughs> he's coming for me. So he says, children, obey your parents. And the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, for this is the first command with a promise. That it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Then he goes on to talk to fathers. Now, if you're a child that's hearing this for the first time, if you're a kid hearing this for the first time, you may not hear what comes after that. He goes on to father, and your your mind might just simply be sitting in, Children, obey your parents. What does that mean? What's he talking? And he said, that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. And and so it's running through your mind. 
And if you're a scholar, or, or maybe not even a scholar, but if you were raised to know any of the Old Testament, you'll recognize that he pulled that straight from the Ten Commandments. And so you might be thinking, I know this from somewhere. I know this from somewhere. It's been talked about before. My, my parents have talked to me about this before. But now Paul is addressing you directly in this letter. And so my first choice that I brought to you uh, that I think you can see here in this text is, will you pursue the blessing of God? We see that there in verse 3, where he says, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. That's interesting. It's interesting that he would look at you. He would give you a command. But then he would say, there's, there's blessing to be had if you will heed this. That things may go well with you. What do you think that means? Anybody got any ideas when he says that things may go well with you? What do you think he means? Okay, so uh, he said, so it, it, it'll, you'll know that it's right in your conscience because you know that God has commanded it. I think that's true. What else is he saying, or do you think he's saying, when he says that things may go well with you? <laughs> Thank you, Seth. <laughs> in the Old Testament, when you disobeyed your parents... It wasn't go offer a little sacrifice for this. It was, you're a dead man. <laughs> it was stoning. <laughs> so when he says that you may have a long life, uh, <laughs> you might want to take that a little literally. Now, if we look at the, the context of this scripture, there's actually some debate on what that last phrase, that you may live long in the land, could mean. We're actually not going to get in that today. Uh, I know there's some debate about it, but we don't have time to talk about that today. But the, what else could he mean when he says that things may go well with you? I can't hear you, I'm sorry. Less trouble. What do you mean by trouble? Yeah, so let's just straight up. We know what happens when I disobey. I get, I don't know what discipline looks like in your house. Um, when we were young, I got a lot of spankings. Uh, way too many um, because I was too hard-headed. Um, when I got older, it looked like taking away privileges that were close to my heart. Uh, I'll never forget the day that my dad didn't let me go to soccer practice. I, you would have thought I died. You would have th- I was like laid out on the bed, bawling my eyes out because I lost soccer practice. But I don't know what it is for you in your home. Uh, but there's a simple fact. If we don't disobey, uh, you don't get that punishment. So that's, that, I can understand that totally. What else do you think he might mean? <laughs> that is great. I was sitting with one of our leaders uh, for lunch. Uh, so what Aaron just said is, your parents are smarter than you. I'm so glad you said that. I'm going to say this on video. Somebody actually said that your parents are smarter than you. What, I was with one of our leaders today, and he told me about this moment in his life where his parents or his dad looked him in the eye and says, don't get in that car. And he said something to the fact of, I will do what I want. He got in the car. 
He got in a car accident, was in a coma, and almost died. Now, that's not always how it's going to end when we disobey our parents. (laughs) But, Dad knew something. He didn't know he was going to get in an accident. But Dad had some concern about what was going on in that moment. He said, don't do that. How many times have we looked back at our parents and said, I'm going to do what I want with disregard for their wisdom and care for us? What do you think your home would look like if you all responded for the most part in obedience to your parents? What do you think it would look like? <laughs> clean, clean, that's great. What else, would, how else would it look? Maybe less stressful? Less conflict? Because at the end of the day, when we're rebelling against our parents, it's two wills, butting heads. Sometimes they're both selfish. Sometimes it's on one party. Most often there's a little bit of both. And I get that. I'm a dad. The home would look a lot different if we, for the most part, submitted to our parents and obeyed. Like, let's just be honest. How hard is it really to clean our room? I mean, I guess it depends on the room, right? There's a lot of things that our parents ask of us, and I've been there, that really aren't that big a deal. The only reason we rebel in that moment is because of the sin in our hearts that says, I want to do something different now. Paul is saying, and God through Paul, because we know, and Brad referenced that this morning, all scripture is God-breathed, breathed out by God. Paul is saying to you guys in Ephesians chapter 6 that if you obey, things will go well. That doesn't mean perfect. This is not a promise that everything will go right, that you're going to get into the school you want to go to, you're going to get the grades you want to get, you're going to get the job, the spouse, the kid. That's not the promise that we're talking about here. This is a, one of those promises that we see in the Proverbs. It's a general rule. Things will go well if we respond to authority this way. Here's one way that we've not mentioned that I think is super, super, super important. If you guys will learn how to submit to the authority to your parents now, you're going to be better employees. You're going to be better friends. You're going to be better parents. You're going to be better Christians. Because you're going to learn what it looks like to submit to authority. You're building right now habits that will lead you in the future. And if your habits look like I'm quick to rebel, that's not going to get any different when you get your first job. It's not going to get any different when you get your high-paying job. It's not going to look any different when you try to submit yourself to a local church, become a member. You're going to continue to buck authority because you've built a habit of doing that. So when I say, when Paul says things will go well for you, I think he's also, there's so much wrapped up in this that 
He didn't really lay it out. He didn't go into detail. He didn't say, here's the seven things that can go well with you. But when I sit back and think, when we look at Proverbs in the wisdom literature where it talks about a dad addressing his kids and saying, listen to my instruction, these are the kinds of things that we can think about. Less discipline, peace in the home, better prepared to submit to authority. Because in the end of the day, here's what happens. Sin robs you. Obedience enriches you. At the end of the day, sin is always going to rob you of peace and of satisfaction and of joy and obedience as a believer enriches our life. We have joy in Christ. Obedience does not bring salvation. You will never hear me say that. But for a Christian, obedience brings a new kind of joy. Because we credit the obedience to God, we thank God for what he's doing, and we recognize we have a great opportunity to bring glory to God through how we live. So the choice you have is will you pursue the blessing of God? Will you pursue the blessing God has for you? Here's the second one. This is kind of the point blank, kind of right up front from Paul. But it's, will you do, or no, excuse me, will you submit to God and what he commands you? So this is the bottom line question. This is kind of the, at the root of everything we talk about when it comes to authority is are you going to submit to God or yourself? Every one of you is making this choice on a daily basis, probably on a minute basis. Who are you submitting to? If you can put yourself back in that church in Ephesus when somebody's reading this letter penned by this man, Paul, and you hear, children, obey your parents in the Lord. What are you doing in that moment? Are you thinking, God, help me to do this? Or are you being quick to think about all the ways that your parents aren't worthy of that? All the ways that you think your parents won't deserve that? Where's your heart go in that moment? Will you submit to God and to his commands? There's really not much to unpack from this question. It's not like crazy things that I want to say or crazy things that I want to do. I come to you as a guy who blew this so many times when I was your age. And I want something different for you. It's not because it'll kill your fun, but because God gives blessing through this. Because you'll experience the joy of Christ deeply through your obedience. Will it be hard? Yes. Incredibly hard. Will it be good? Yes. Incredibly good. Will you submit to God and what he commands you? You have a choice to do that. You have a choice. The last one I want to just talk about really quickly is a little different. But I want to just talk about it because I think it's here in the text and I want to show you it. Will you submit 
to what you already know is right. What do you think I mean by that? Anybody, before we head to the text and unpack it, what do you think I mean by that? Anybody want to take a stab? Will you submit to what you already know is right? I should go ahead, Phoebe. Yeah, so it's not just we've read it before, but I think deep in your heart, you know this rebellion is wrong. Don't jump on my text, I'm going, I'm just kidding, go ahead and read it, go ahead and read it. She's getting ahead of me. Okay, so she just read from Romans 1 that we all know and have seen God and we know his invisible attributes. And we're going to actually read a little further. Thanks for taking us there, Mackenzie. We're going to read a little further. So why don't we all go to Romans 1? Because what I want to show you is at the end of the day, every time I disobeyed my parents, I knew it was right. Or I knew I was wrong. I knew they were right. <laughs> heresy! Heresy! Every time I disobeyed my parents, I knew I was rebelling. I knew it. We don't just hide our sin and our disobedience from our parents because we're worried about consequences. We hide it also because you know you're wrong. I know I'm wrong when I rebel. So I want to show you just a couple of other texts and show you where disobedience to parents what list it shows up in, what things it's compared to, what things it's actually likened to. So Mackenzie read uh, kind of everything leading up to this, but I'm going to read Romans 1, verse 29 and following. Actually, let's start with 28. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree... That those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. How many times have you been hanging out with your friends and you've maybe talked a little too much about your parents and maybe how you disagree with them and how quick are your peers to, to get on your side? When I think about when I was growing up, uh, when I would talk about my parents to my peers, uh, I always went to them because I knew they would agree with me. I knew they would get on my side. I can't believe my dad's making me do this. Can you believe that? No, man, I can't believe it at all. Just like that. Because we were all talking like that. 
That's our next series, Gender and Sexuality. We're not getting there yet. We're not going to talk about puberty. <laughs> oh my, can't believe I get <laughs> getting off topic here. Look at that list. Look at your copy of the scriptures. Look down at your Bible. Romans 1.30. It's bad company, guys. See what disobedient to parents is next to. There's no difference. It is rebellion against a holy God, and you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. I'm not going to go there because we're, we're kind of running out of time, but 2 Timothy 3.2 has a very similar list, so you can write that down and look at it later if you want. It's a very similar list. Being disobedient to parents falls right into that list as well. One of the reasons I was, <laughs> I don't know that I was excited to teach on this, <laughs> is because when I look back at my own life, I really think I was awful at this. I was good at coming across as obedient, but I was disobeying in many, 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 many ways. In how I talked, and how I acted, in what I hid from my parents, or even what I did in front of them. I was awful. And guys, I want, I want a different life for you. Now, I want to stop here because I want to make sure we understand something. The reason I started where I did last week and the reason the last part we talked about was that the root of all righteousness is obedience. And the reason we talked about Christ is because if you don't have Christ in your life, you have zero ability to do this. You might be able to act good for a while. And it's amazing what some good consequences can do in our lives to shape us up. But you will never have the desire to honor the Lord and to properly submit to your parents unless you are a Christian. Unless you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. And so as I, want to, as I call you to think deeply about submission to our parents, I want to remind you that the gospel is what empowers that obedience. So how do I obey, you might ask? <laughs> you pray. You practice loving your parents. You practice, no matter how hard it is to say this, you say, yes, yes, mom and dad, you're right. Whew, that is so hard. As you grow trust in your home, if your parents see that they can trust you, you may be able to start talking about like an appeal process where you can go to them and say, mom or dad, I, I don't understand this decision. I feel like there's some things you don't understand. Can we talk about that? And if you can earn the trust of your parents, you can really enter some, into some beautiful relational opportunities. But if you're known as somebody who bucks the authority of your parents, it's going to be hard for you. 
you're going to be super excited about college. And it's only because you're going to want to get out of under their leadership. And I promise you, you're always going to be under authority. Always. Whether it's job-related, school-related, government-related, church-related, you will always be under authority. And so you are setting practices now for how you will function the rest of your life. Because of what Christ has done for you, if you're a believer, you can live differently. And I actually have hope that you can. You can go home, you can seek the Lord's face, you can cry out to him for help, and you can live differently. It's not going to turn around tomorrow. But through practice and through prayer, we can build new habits. Where if your mom and dad tells you to do something where your first reaction might have been to rebel or to get frustrated or to roll your eyes or whatever it is, you can practice enough times where you can learn how to live differently by God's grace. You really, really can. Obeying your parents is not just simply something you must do, although it is a command for you. It is something you do because it brings glory and honor to God. And he promises blessing to you. Does that make sense? So here's what I've got. I've just got a couple of questions. I don't think we've got them on the screen. I'm going to read them to you real quickly. Um... This might be a hard discussion time. (laughs) What I want you to think about and remember is Ryan's not making this up. It would be much easier to sit here and tell you, you only have to obey your parents when you agree with them. (laughs) How much easier would that be to talk like that? But I want to represent God's word to you because I love you and I want to warn you Uh, with, with what God's word has to say. 